In this episode, we're going to hear three very weird and strange encounters. But before we get to the stories, I want to mention there are two new channels of mine that you should definitely check out. The first is Donovan Dread 2, where I release the same great content, just a little shorter in length. Then there's Dread Captures, where we analyze various encounters that were captured on video, that were sent in to us, or that are available online. So if you're digging my content, make sure to hit that subscribe button, and I'll keep narrating these creepy encounters. Now let's get to the stories. I'm glad I get a chance to share this story, and really hope you read it, so that other folks can hear it. It's been really helpful listening to other people's accounts, and I finally feel like I can open up about my own experience. This all happened a few years back, and some of the other rangers still give me crap about it, which kind of sucks because other than that, this is my dream job. My family took a trip up to the North Cascades National Park in Washington State. This was when I was 13, maybe, and I've known ever since then, this is exactly where I wanted to be. When I first got out here, the Parks Commission started me out in the Visitor Center, pretty much like everybody else. There's an awful lot of paying your dues and dealing with the public before you get to really spend some time out in the field, which is the main reason why folks get into this. It was my first week on active field duty, and I was over the moon. Basically, you work your way across sectors of the park, camping as you go and looking to see if there's any damage left behind by private campers. It's really a great excuse just to camp your way through some incredible terrain. Now, I just want to preface this by saying that Bigfoot is kind of an open joke among the rangers. The t-shirts and posters in the gift shop are always top sellers. And I can't tell you how many times people ask me if I'd ever seen one, even before going out into the field. I can tell you now when folks ask that, everybody leans in. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, I was on duty. I was on my third day out on a scout, and I was combing my way towards Mount Shuxon. I was off the main trails, but sometimes you get really adventurous hikers out there, and they tend to leave a ton of crap behind. Whenever you're out there, you're bound to encounter a fair amount of wildlife. But I was surprised how quiet things were. There really wasn't much going on, and it was starting to get downright eerie. The only wildlife I could see was a healthy flock of scavenger birds circling to the southwest, like a lot of birds. And that's a red flag, so I started making my way over and down to check things out. When I got to where they were, they were almost overhead. This overpowering stench took over everything. Something was definitely dead out there, and it had to be there long enough to really start to decompose. Gearing myself up to see a mule deer or something else, I pushed my way closer. Eventually, I saw something large through the trees, surrounded by a half a dozen turkey vultures. What really struck me odd was that none of them were on the carcass. They hopped around it, but it was like they didn't want to get close. Fighting through the stink, I finally got near to get a sense of the shape. At first, I thought it might have been a bear, but the reddish-brown fur wasn't a match of any species in the area, and I noticed the limbs were longer than the stocky bear legs. When I was right on top of it, I completely froze. This thing had the shape of a man, but it was massive. The shoulders had to have been the better part of four feet across, and I'd estimate the full height at between eight and nine feet, maybe as large as ten, but the desiccation made it hard to tell. The hands and feet were human-like, 
but the skin was darker than an orangutan or a gorilla. It was lying on its front, but the head was turned to the side. So I went around to get a look. It had this humanoid face. The eyes were gone, but the features were perfectly recognizable. I immediately started shaking because I knew that I was face to face with an actual Sasquatch. It was a dead one, but this was undeniable proof that they existed. A whole rush of feelings went through me, and I was scared and giddy all at once. This was huge. I busted out my radio, but I couldn't get any kind of signal at that low point in the valley. As much as I hated it, I knew I was going to have to leave things behind and find a place where I could make contact with the other rangers. Clearing my head as best as I could, I looked around to memorize the location, then headed for higher ground. It was nearly a mile before I could get anything other than static. I was freaking out over getting so far from the carcass. At last, I reached one of my supervisors and told him what was up. He sounded about as incredulous as I've ever heard another person. But after about five minutes of begging, he agreed to send out a small team. I wanted to go back down, but he told me to hold in position so they could keep in contact and find me. I made camp and barely slept all night, knowing these things could be out there. The next day, the three other rangers arrived. We hiked back down to this same spot where I seen the Sasquatch remains, and they were gone. The ground where it had all been still showed signs of animal decomposition but the body itself was nowhere to be seen. They started after me and made all kinds of fun of me because I had made the call the day before April 1st. I filed a report, but they all said I was just pushing the joke and have never let me live it down since. But I swear what I saw was real, and I don't know how that body disappeared. This is an old story but my family has me tell it almost every year. Some believe me and some don't, but that never really seems to impact how much they enjoy it. I hope you read it on your channel. There was a period of time back in the late 90s where I was the property manager for a building in downtown Houston. It was one of those places where different businesses or whatever would rent out floors or suites as their headquarters. My job was basically to be on hand and keep tabs on the cleaning stuff and generally be the go-between between any of the renters and the owners. The place did really well overall, but they notoriously couldn't keep tenants on the fourth floor. I wish I could say something cooler like it was the 13th floor that was cursed, but this place only had nine floors, so what can you do? We were coming into the fall, and yet again, some jerk had broken their lease on the fourth floor and moved out early. They had to be out by the 15th, and it was my job to make sure they adhered to the agreement. Anytime they stayed behind or left things, killed our turnover and trying to get a new tenant for the top of the next month. To make things even better, we were just coming out of a spell where one of our cleaning guys would forget to pull the door shut after sneaking a smoke out back. That, plus downtown Houston in the 90s, meant I was forever chasing teenagers out of the place. It was a real treat. One night, the janitors were done, and I had made my rounds before locking up for the night. I crossed the parking lot to the far end where my car was, and just happened to look up from my keys to see a light on, on the fourth floor, of course. Now, I might have uttered some words that aren't very nice to repeat, but after several nights that month running folks out of the place, I was in no mood for this kind of thing, especially as I already made my rounds, 
and this was just dragging me back inside. Regardless, I was going to have to deal with it. So, I go back in, and I take the elevator up. If I was doing my due diligence, I would have gone all the way to the top and worked my way down again, to make sure nobody was on the upper floors. But, I was in no mood. Besides, the lights were on the fourth floor, so the fourth floor is where I was going. When I got there, everything was bright, but nobody seemed to be around. Now, to set the scene a bit, the renters that left took all the furniture, but the phones and cubicle dividers belonged to the building. There were some that were still set up, but most were stacked against the walls. The creepy part in hindsight was that all the phones were on the floors, right where they had been set when taken off the desks. You could see the whole layout of their office structure just by where the phones were on the carpets. Anyway, I go from office to office making as much noise as possible to flush out whoever was monkeying around. Office after office, no dice, nobody in sight. On other nights, I might have gone through the entire building again, but I refer you to my former statement of being in no mood. After establishing the floor was clear, I just turned off the lights and made my way back to the elevator. I hit the button and stood there, fuming. Then, all in a second, I knew I wasn't alone up there. I turned around and saw a man walk out of the corner office at the far end. He was dressed like something out of a 1950s newspaper movie or the show Mad Men, suit, tie, and fedora. He saunters to the dead center of the room opposite me and turns to stop. That's my cue to start yelling every name in the book at this guy. I start for him in a full-on huff, and he just does this kind of lazy walk towards me. Something about how calm he is only makes me angrier. I've crossed maybe a quarter of the room when something in my brain starts telling me that something's not right. All the lights have been cut off, but he steps into a beam spilling up from the lights in the parking lot, and that's when it all comes into place. He's got no face. I immediately start walking backwards because there's no way I'm turning my back on this, whatever it is. The elevator opened and closed while I was yelling at this guy. I reached back to hit the button, praying like hell that he hasn't gone back down into the lobby. The elevator opened and closed while I was yelling at this guy, and I reached back to hit the button. He keeps getting closer, and just when he's about 15 feet from me, every phone in the place starts ringing even the ones that aren't plugged in. I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack at this point. The doors behind me open, and I just step backwards into the light of the elevator and hit the closed doors button. The guy approaching hasn't changed his pace at all, and the doors close just as his nothing face reaches the threshold. I book across the lobby, lock up the doors, and basically dive into my car. We secured a tenant within the next few days, and they moved in almost entirely by the 25th. I have no idea if they stayed on long term, as I handed in my resignation before the end of the month. I inherited my father's farm a few years ago and moved in shortly after with my family. I didn't grow up living with my father. My mom had full custody, and I would visit the farm from time to time, but I never lived there. The house was far back from the road and surrounded by these cornfields on all sides. There was this large two-story barn where there were a few goats, but it was mostly for storage. The house itself was a two-story house with these large windows and a nice wraparound porch. Honestly, it seemed like the perfect place to raise a family. 
I was excited to move in and give my kids a good childhood. I had no experience with farm maintenance, so there was quite a learning curve for me. It took a while to start getting the hang of it, but eventually I did and I really enjoyed the work. It was nice being outdoors and feeling the sun on my back while I worked. I didn't know much about tracks or footprints, but when I'd be walking through the cornfield, I noticed some tracks on the ground. They looked like paw prints to me. Maybe they belonged to a large dog or something. I kept seeing them for a few weeks. Every day I'd see fresh tracks, but there was no sign of the animal otherwise. One morning, I got up extra early to do my work, because it was going to be 105 degrees that day, and I wanted to beat the heat. When I was outside, I heard some rustling in the corn. I looked back and saw it moving behind me. I was a bit alarmed because I was out there alone without anything to protect me. I was just hoping it wasn't some wild animal. I looked all around me and saw that there was corn moving behind me too. I needed to get out of there, so I booked it to the barn and turned around to see if it was still moving. I saw the movement going further away from where I was. I was a little confused. I thought it would have chased me, but I was glad it didn't. I kind of assumed it was the dogs that had been walking around the field and didn't think much more about it. A few weeks passed and I hadn't seen anything. I kind of thought the dogs had gone away. But one night, when I was sitting on the porch relaxing, enjoying the nice cool night, I saw the corn rustling again. I stood up and grabbed a shovel that was near me on the porch, and I started walking towards it. As I approached, it quieted down. I could just make out between a few stalks of corn, this dog-like creature staring at me. I dropped down to my knees and slapped my leg to call for it. When I did, it took off in the corn and didn't look back. I noticed it had this very strange gait. I couldn't see it very well, but it almost looked like it was limping. The following night, I made sure to stay out late again, to try to see if it would return. I heard more rustling in the corn, but not from in front of the house. This time, it sounded like it was near the barn. I walked down there, carrying the shovel in my hand again. I flipped on the light of the barn, and I was horrified when I saw one of my goats walking around with a bite in its neck. I rushed to it and took off my shirt and put pressure on it. I yelled for my wife, hoping she could hear me, and to call for the vet for an emergency appointment. She came running out shortly after and called. I rushed the goat to the vet, and they were able to save him. But whatever it was that did that needed to go. I waited in the barn the following night, this time with a machete we had lying around in the house. I wasn't going to let this dog ruin my happy life on this farm. The rustling noise sounded again. I hid inside one of the barn stalls. I watched as this creature walked into the barn and stalked around. It was sniffing in the air, which I thought it must have been sniffing for the blood from the other night. In the barn, it didn't look like a dog. It didn't even look like something of this world. It was on all fours and its eyes were large and shimmering black. I thought I'd be scaring off some wild dog, not facing some scaly creature. I watched it as it sniffed the air and took notice of me. I waited in the stall and saw its feet coming closer. I kicked the stall open and heard a small squeal coming from this creature and ran back into the house. I told my wife to put the kids to bed and I told her all about what I saw. I think she thought I was crazy at first, but I got my point across. I didn't know how to get rid of this thing, or even if I could, so we ended up rehoming the goats. 
They all got placed on nice farms with a lot of other goats and farmers more equipped to take care of them. Ever since we rehomed the goats, this creature stopped coming by. We have no cattle or livestock, just corn. And I suppose it's not interested in just corn. Thanks for watching and let me know what you think of these stories in the comments below. Don't forget that you can listen to my episodes on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. I try to upload every single day on this channel and on Donovan Dread 2, where I release shorter content. Same great encounters, just a little bit shorter. Also, if you want to see crazy encounters captured on trail cams, then check out Dread Captures. It's part of the Dread Network where we go over live footage of very strange encounters that are sent into the Facebook group or videos that are circulating on the web. Last but certainly not least, check out Lilith Dread. She releases the same great content daily on her channel. You'll find all of these links below. Thanks and take care.